Second half action here on Main Street Sports today. Coming up, we'll be joined by West Rucker 24-7 Sports. Talk a little Tennessee baseball after the weekend and the Notre Dame series. Also, the NBA Finals. But a segment these two gentlemen have been waiting a long time to talk about. Who would have ever thought with the two of you coming together that we've got an 11-game win streak for the Atlanta Braves here in our daily Braves segment brought to you by Insert Your Business Here. <laughs> Hall of Famer Roe Patton, the soon-to-be Radio Hall of Famer George Plaster. And, by the way, the Plaster Show, the George Plaster Show, July 11th, 4 o'clock, right here on all these mainstream media outlets. And our new OTT channel. What is an OTT channel? Well, just What is an stay, OTT channel? Stay tuned. Stay tuned. It'll be a one-stop shop for all things mainstream media. You down with OTT? You know me. There we go. Yeah. Uh, welcome back to Main Street Sports Today, um, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. George, the Braves have not lost in June. Yes. I am aware of that. I, I figured you would be. Yeah. Um, looking to extend that streak to 12 straight as they travel to Washington to start a six-game road trip. Uh, it'll be Ian Anderson on the bump for the 37 and I'm sorry, the 34 and 27 Braves. Jojo Gray for the Nats, 23 and 39. Um, and if we can't be at home, the next best place to be would be at Nationals Park. Got that right. So, so Mo, the belief is that Snitker had this team meeting in Arizona after they stunk up the joint on Memorial Day. And they did. Yeah, they did. <laughs> and, and I think um, he's a guy that they really – they listen to. You know, I've asked – I asked Jeff Francoeur one time who, who loved Snitker from day one. And I said, what is, why do you love Snitker so much? And he, sa- he said, well, I'm going to put it in terms you'll understand. The same reason you love C.M. Newton. And I was like – Whoa. Okay. For me, that's, I mean, that's top of the stuff, but I got to thinking about it. Snitker very seldom in the five years that he's been their manager or however long it's been now. You ever really seen him throw a player under the bus? Um, yeah, actually Acuna. Right. But not often. No, no, not often, but, and, but I, I, I kind of, and I respect Jeff's opinion. I mean, he he's been in many many clubhouses and that kind of thing. I've I've never really, I've struggled sometimes with the way Acuna has been received, with the way he's been protected or not at times by that franchise. But on the on the whole, I think the even keeled way that Snitker goes about his business is what endears him to his players, it seems like. So and, and you and I both think Acuna is sort of a hot dog. I think Acuna I think Acuna would fit in really well in Knoxville. Okay. So <laughs> but I don't necessarily I don't necessarily have an issue with that. And we were talking off air here right before this segment. We were talking about the ball game on Saturday night when they scored eight in the seventh to come back and beat Pittsburgh 10-4. And a key um, 
sequence, I guess, in that game was Dansby Swanson's bloop single down the right field line where Acuna scored from first, ran through a stop sign at third base, and scored standing up. I mean, when you've got a guy that can do some of the things that he can do, I don't know that banging on him for not necessarily running out an infield grounder is a thing to do. It's got to be hard being a big league manager with the amount of dollars that all of these players are making. Mm -hmm. It does seem that he's got a better uh, grasp of their clubhouse than most people. Mm -hmm. Whatever faults I've had with him over the years have been more bullpen Mm -hmm. oriented. Uh, Why did he do this? What's, what's all this about? There, there is a story um, that got out that near the end of the 2017 season, Coppolella had had made the decision to fire Brian Snitker. And what had happened in August of that year, he and John Hart went into Snitker's uh, manager's office after a game where he left Jim Johnson in too long and ripped him a new one. The players heard it, and the story that got out was that, help me, uh, right field, the uh, Marcakis. Mm-hmm. Marcakis sent word to John Hart, if you ever talk to my manager like that again, I will kick the crap out of you. That's what the players have thought about of Snitker. Uh, I do think that there's something to his delicate handling that's really good. Mm-hmm. The fact that Acuna didn't like Freddie Freeman and said it probably told me that Freddie Freeman sat on him at times and probably needed to, that somebody had to every once in a while say, look, when you're here, you got to act like a professional. And and because there, there's – I mean, Acuna's – what is he, 22? He's young. I'm not sure how yeah, old he is. He's probably closer to 16, you know, at times maturity-wise. He doesn't – know the English language great, although I've heard players say that he knows it better than he's letting on, that Mm -hmm. it's a convenient crutch to not have to deal with media. So, who knows? But I know this, he's a damn good player. He really Uh is. Hey, um, so we need to give you, before we get out of this segment... What are we giving? We're giving this day in Braves history. Really? Yeah, that's a regular feature here okay. on Main Street Sports today. So oh. it, this would be June the what? 13th. 13th. What year are we doing? 1998. Oh, whoa. Okay. 98 would be Greg Maddox. Let's say, let's make up that he threw a 79 pitch <laughs> shutout. He did not, in fact. Nobody threw a shutout. But. Javi Lopez and Andrew Jones accomplished a feat achieved only three times previously at the MLB level, hitting back-to-back home runs in consecutive innings. Lopez hit a pair of two-run jacks in the second and third, followed by solo Jones shots in an eventual 9-7 victory over visiting Montreal. The Expos. Montreal. Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. So, I've seen Javier Lopez hit a golf ball. I don't need to be in his foursome. (laughs) <laughs> he can smash it. I'm not. I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked. At his good play or my either. Actually, either. <laughs> yeah. Hey, when we come back I here on Main Street so Sports easy. today, Wes Rucker of 24/7 Sports discussing the weekend at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. Stay with us.
Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931 388 5731 and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today on this Reaction Monday. JP, Moe, and George Plaster sitting in with us today. And we are excited to have him because it gives us another opportunity to look ahead. Four weeks, he said, George, right? Four weeks? Absolutely. Four weeks from today. Did you tell Wes I was going to be in here? Uh, that's that was the hook. That was the, that oh, was that the hook. Was the, that, that was, was the, the hook. Yeah, point. yeah. He said, "I got something to say to George." Yeah, no, um, yeah. So, uh, but coming up July 11th, the George Plaster Show with some familiar voices and some new ones, uh, and it will anchor our daily Main Street Media lineup, which uh, includes us right here. A half hour following us, so we're gonna we're gonna lead into the Plaster Show. Mo, looking forward to that, and uh, we'll have some local content as well in between there. But uh, looking forward to that uh, here on uh, Main Street Media. I, I, Main Street TV, I think maybe is what we're naming. I think we're still workshopping the name of that. Unless, do you know George? You're Maybe. asking me. Okay, just making sure. Good Lord, just making sure. God. <laughs> to to that big orange elephant in the room. Still trying to figure out yeah. what Netflix is. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> There we go. Sorry about that. It's been a while since you've done that. You know? Yeah. There we go. So you talked and nobody listened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he, keep used, straighter once in a while. he used to be pretty bad about that. He's gotten better. <laughs> you ever think he did it on purpose? All the time. Mm. Really? Every time. Yeah. Maurice Patton, George Plaster, J.P. Plant joining you here on Main Street Sports today. Today. 
And also, also with us from from the east side of the state, one Wes Rucker of twenty four seven Sports to um, give us the the temperature of things in Knoxville following this weekend's super regional result as Notre Dame advances to the College World Series and. Tennessee and their fifty-seven and nine record stays at home. Tough, really tough situation. Um, Wes, I, I I assume you were there. I mean, it it had to be just. Uh, again, I was at Vanderbilt in '07 when they lost to Michigan in the regionals, so I I got an idea of what a stadium full of a team's fans can feel like when that type of disappointment really sets in. And when Evan Russell grounded into that 5-4-3 double play to end that ball game yesterday, it, it had to be just stone silent except for the Notre Dame fans, I would imagine. Oh, you're exactly right, Mo. I mean, that's what it was. You know, uh, uh, several thousand people came to Lindsey Nelson Stadium for, you know, part of a coronation, right? And it, and it didn't happen. And any time – that happens you're 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 going to see a lot of people leaving with kind of a you know deflated is is an understatement right i, I mean it, it kind of like they've been you know punched in the face and and it it's not i think a lot of people in the back of their minds knew that something like this was possible but they just felt like with this team it wasn't possible you know and and that's always a dangerous place to be especially in a sport where you know, I mean, you don't – the number one overall seed has not won this tournament this century. So it's not like this is unprecedented. I mean, this is what regularly happens in college baseball. You know, it's not – the national champions not necessarily the best team. It's the team that was the best at the right time. And there's nothing wrong with that, um, but that's just kind of how it is. And this sport, you, you can spend months just – kind of you know lapping the field and pointing and laughing at everyone else along the way and kind of being big orange bullies but at the end of the day you're just a couple bad innings away from the whole thing being over and and that's what makes sports so awesome uh, and also so tragic at the same time maybe tragic's not the right word but but so perfect and imperfect is that things like that can happen as good as Tennessee is that is without question the most talented team in college baseball. I don't even think it's that close, but Notre Dame's got a bunch of good players, a bunch of veterans. Notre Dame almost took out the national champions last year in their home field down there at duty noble. That was a three game series. It could have gone either way. Um, And this time the Irish had enough and Lane Jarrett said it best. They didn't have to be better than Tennessee. They just had to find a way to win two baseball games, and they did that, and they deserved it, and they're moving on because, honestly, they were the better team on the field this weekend. Tough to watch if you're a UT fan, obviously, in part because there was nothing that really warned you just based on the way Tennessee was going about their business. You know, had some had some online conversations with some folks over the weekend. Obviously, you didn't get a great start out of Blade Tidwell on Friday night. Not the start you expected out of him at all. But that offense was, and I went back and counted, they won 34 games by 
with nine or more runs. They scored nine or more runs in 34 games. They won all 34 of them. So, you know, even giving up as many runs as they did Friday night didn't put that ball game out of the woods. But some of the other events, and, and I think you have to ask, and I'm sure it was asked, the, the pitching coach, Frank Anderson, got tossed along with Drew Gilbert mm-hmm. on Friday. Would they have made a different decision with Chase Burns yesterday had the pitching coach been in the dugout, do you think? No, I mean, it's a great question, Mo, and, and it's probably the $64,000 question. We, we, we don't know. Uh, I would like to think, and I would lean slightly toward I don't think so because the pitch count was not high. I mean, I think even the, the first pitch that was taken out of the yard there in the seventh, I think that was a 97-mile-an-hour fastball. And and really, a, a kind of a borderline two-strike pitch there that was the correct call. But, you know, a lot of call jumps, that's strike three, and you're you're starting the mower and moving on, and you're, you're out of the inning. So it, 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 it is that close. And, again, that's what makes sports so beautiful is that things like that can happen. Um, but, you know, I, I think if you question anything, uh, it would be after the first home run, um, you know, even though it was a bit flukish down the right field corner there, that short porch, uh, but then the guy hits the long home run foul moments later, and you're like, okay, you don't like to make mid-pitch at, at changes but or mid-count changes, but maybe this is the time to do it. Um, but they didn't do it. And, and ultimately, that's Tony Vitello's call, not Frank Anderson's. Um, but Frank Anderson's maybe the best pitching coach in college baseball, certainly on the short list. So would would him chewing on Tony's ear have changed things? It might have. It, it, it really might have. Um, but you're right. Just to, speaking in generally about the weekend, you know, uh, until those final three innings on Sunday, it kind of felt like a couple of other Tennessee series where the other team comes in and wins that first game. And, you know, kind of they're all fired up to play them and they punch them in the mouth. And then Tennessee gets irritated the next two days and just whoops them. And and they have at the end of the weekend, they just have more depth than you. They have more talent than you. And, and, and they're going to they're going to wear you down. Uh, and it felt like part Sunday was kind of going that way. They tacked on a couple early runs. You know, they were they led for most of the game, but they, they never delivered the knockout punch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you just kind of left them hanging around. And that that leaves you in a position where in that ballpark, just one missed spot can end the whole thing. And and that's what happened. And I, I don't know that, that Burns, I mean, the pitch count wasn't high. Uh, he might have been laboring a little bit, but the stuff, the velocity was still good. It hadn't been tailing off with any of the, you know, those 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 track man type numbers. It just, you know, it, it, it it's a big boy decision. And in hindsight, obviously, it wasn't the right one. Um, but I also think it's easy for us from this side to say that, um, whereas during the game, until that foul home run, I never would have thought about taking Burns out of the game. Um, and, and that was only 30 seconds before the home run that that, that, that gave Notre Dame the lead. So I, I'm not the expert here. Um, I, I just think they made a tough call and got it wrong. Wes, do you think Danny White – tells Tony Vitello you got to dial it back a little that's a really good question George and 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 I I I think he might tell him to be more selective you know like uh just just you know don't come out with the heater all the time right like save the heater all baseball guys have the the heater in them right it happens 
Um, but the regularity with which it happens, um, that might be something they talk about. But I also think there is a possibility here that Tennessee, when it started upsetting the apple cart last year, and it realized um, it, it kind of broke into that old boys club of the SEC, and it, it, it kind of developed this reputation, and it was doing stuff that a lot of other teams were doing. But for some reason, when Tennessee did it, it, it became more of a thing, and that's how it started. And then once Tennessee saw the reaction, it was like, okay, if you think we're villains, we're going to really show you some villains now. And they just kind of adopted this whole persona. So I, I, I don't know that they will either – there's a chance, in my opinion, that they almost double down on this now. And they're like, okay, now it really is us against the world, and you, you, you thought this was piss and vinegar before. Wait till you see this. I mean it's possible. I don't know. Um, you know, guys like Drew Gilbert certainly will be playing professionally next year, and you'll have a kind of a new core of guys leading the team. And every team kind of tends to follow the personality of uh, of its you know kind of key players or key figures. But also, uh, the guy recruiting them, the guy coaching them, is not changing, and 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 in terms of at least who he is. So I don't know. I'm fascinated to see because um, with Vitello as a guy who's been around him for a long time now. The second that game ends, he goes back to being the kind of guy you see most of the time. But when they step between those lines, those guys are maniacs. And, you know, at some point, are people going to say, well, you're Peter Pan now, you know, you're, you know, you're getting too old to do this stuff now. Will that happen? Yes. Will people say that? Yes. Um, will it change anything? I don't know. Um, personally, I, I laugh all the time that like Tony, Tony needs a wife or at least a dog, man, something to go home to at the end of the day <laughs> where you're not just so, you know, I, I say, I say that as a joke, but it's like, I mean, you know, it's a little domestic bliss might calm you down a little bit, my man have something to go home to, but I just don't know. He's so, he's a, this is a scrappy middle infielder who was not a great baseball player, but, you know, played in a power conference kind of through sheer force of will. And that's just kind of the persona that he has. Yeah. And I just don't know that's going to change. Wes, are they – give me this really quick um, because this is an area I guess I don't know well enough. No matter who wins it now, and I still think Tennessee's the best team even though they're not going to get there and they're not going to win it. Are they head and shoulders the favorite next year? That will probably depend on a couple of things. Um, there's a couple of guys like, let's see what happens with Ortega in the draft. You know, there's there's a couple of little pieces there that will really matter to me because you know the weekend rotation. I mean, their entire weekend rotation is going to be <laughs> with the Team USA in like a week. So yeah, I mean they're fine there, um, but they got to replace a couple guys who you're not quite sure if they're going to leave. They're bringing in some big portal pieces, obviously Mal Yahuna. Um, potentially uh, the the catcher pitcher combo guy from Air Force who, who's an All American, they will be one of the favorites. Um, will they be the the favorite? I don't know, but any list that probably doesn't have them like in the top five going into next season will be a little bit wacky because they they're going to be good. They're going to be in that conversation as long as that head coach is there. Wes Rucker, twenty four seven Sports dot com, joining us here on Main Street Sports today. Wes, now that Tennessee is out of the mix. Who's a favorite in Omaha? Well, that's a great question, right? I mean, I guess maybe that depends on, uh, you know, even right now, you know, Stanford <laughs> in the first inning of that game, UConn's got the bases loaded with no outs and now has just about to score two or three runs. So 
who the hell knows, right? I mean, Ole Miss did not have a tournament resume at all, full stop. Did not have a tournament team, but not a tournament resume, um, but then got in the field. And now all of a sudden, whoa, look at this. They're, <laughs> this, they're really good like they were supposed to be. You know, Texas is, is interesting. Oklahoma's gotten good. I'm going to be honest with you. I have no idea because I thought there were three or four teams who were kind of a little bit ahead of everybody else, and um, maybe one of them will be there now. <laughs> uh, it's why it's a great it's a great tournament, man. It really is like a nine loss team that that I mean every national champion since like 1978 except for one had double digit losses like 11, 12 or losses or more except for Augie Garrido's Cal State Fullerton team in '95. Uh, and that wasn't a power conference team. So so this is kind of uncharted territory. I mean, it, it was Tennessee versus the field. Well, the field wins, right? <laughs> I mean, the field's left. Um, I, I think, to me, it's going to be a really exciting tournament. Tennessee fans might be angry and not watch it, but I, I'm still going to love this because, my gosh, man, an 18 field where anybody could win, that sounds like great fun to me. And, and if Auburn beats Oregon State, you're going to have three SEC teams in one bracket. It's not, in a year where the league was so down, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's, it, that's, that's what's so weird about this tournament because people all year people said maybe the SEC's down a little bit mm-hmm. um, because, look, if there's this one team, and they're clearly the best in the country. Uh, but other than that, who else is there? Well, the team that's the best in the country is gone, and three of the teams that were also Rams are probably going to be in Omaha now. So it's like, what do we know? What do we ever know? Um, and, and that's what's beautiful. I mean, it's this is the way American sports are run, right? This is a 60, 70 game season. And, you know, if you're good for those that last month, that man, that's all that really matters. And that's that's it's that sucks because that puts a lot on teams like uh, Tennessee going into the tournament. Vanderbilt can certainly speak to that. Those guys have been through that. Um, but man, that's part of it, right? If you want to you, you, you want to win it all, you got to be good when it matters. There you go. Wes Rucker, 247sports.com, joining us here on Main Street Sports today, sharing his knowledge. And, Wes, we appreciate you taking the time with us. Anytime, fellas. You know that. Good to hear George, too. Hey, Wes, same here. Good to talk to you. When we come back on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, going to talk a little Celtics and Warriors and whether this thing goes seven or not. Stay with us. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 
or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back to Main Street Sports Today. Final segment on this Reaction Monday. JP alongside Mo and Mr. George Plaster as uh, time to get a little basketball action. Uh, here is uh, Game 5 tonight, 8 p.m. Central. Of course, on ABC as the series shifts back to the left coast in San Francisco. Uh, Steph Curry, of course, uh, taking care of business in Beantown in Game 4 and tying this thing up. George said earlier, still going seven games. Is that what you predicted beforehand? Uh, I, don't know what, I don't know what I thought beforehand, but I know this. These are two great teams. If... If you haven't watched this series at all and you you are a basketball fan, you ought to you ought to turn on one of these games. Amazing skill level. You know, Boston has led this series. They won game 1, they won game 3. The Warriors have answered each time. George and none of them's been close. We talked to um Landon Secrets last week about this series. 12 19 yeah, um, sixteen and ten. Would you say though, a couple of, of them are misleading in that one of them dropped an atomic bomb on the other in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. of pretty close games. Yeah, it's been a weird series in that respect uh, because twice, like atomic bombs have been dropped, and the other team just really didn't have an answer. Mm-hmm. That said, you know how. How do you how do you see this one going tonight? Uh, I think the Warriors win only because they're at home. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only reason. I'm really torn on it. I like the way the Celtics play. Man, I love Al Horford. That guy does so many things. I mean, it's not like he's Michael Jordan athletically, but he's always in the right place. His shot always looks like it's going in from three. I just think he's a winner. Is that just the veteran? It must be. Because it it feels like forever ago since he played at Florida. Oh, I know. But, I mean, it was. who who would have thought? (laughs) You think back for all the attention Joe Kim Noah got. Oh, yeah. Horford is the one. That that guy's the last one standing on those teams. Because Corey Brewer even retired a couple years ago, didn't he? And so – so you got him, 
that I find myself rooting for, but ultimately, I'm rooting for Clay Thompson. I am a big Clay Thompson fan. What he's gone through, you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy. And yet, this guy has come back. I know he's not 100%, but he's close enough, especially shooting the ball. Man, he's still got it. And and then the pool kid as yeah. well. So, I don't know. I, I think – I don't know that Boston wins if it goes seven games just because I don't – if it gets back to San Francisco again, I think the Warriors take care of business. I think the best thing for Boston would be to win tonight. Tonight. And finish yeah. it at home. It, it's a great series. And, and I'll admit, I love listening to Mark Jackson and Van Gundy. <laughs> That's part of the fun for me. I feel like I learn some things, and they pick at each other constantly, they do have fun which I them. love. Uh, I just find them to be a very entertaining broadcast to listen to. And uh, and then Mike Breen gives you a bang! Yeah. <laughs> I think he's really understated really good. Breen? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. he's really good. Yeah. Uh, I love this series. I just think this is great basketball. And by the way, I think hockey got a series that's going to be just like this. It, Colorado it, and Tampa Bay. It, it's interesting because of, the COVID break they took, right? Didn't hockey took yeah. a break? Mm-hmm. They're later than the NBA finals, right. so they're going to get center stage with this. With yeah, nothing because, else really. Uh-huh. Because typically yeah. the NBA is the last, the last one. Hockey will finish standing. Before. Yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, JP, you you've been around the NBA. I mean, what what are you what are you thinking well, about this thing? You know, George mentioned Del Curry earlier, and one of the nicest. Um, pro athletes that I've ever dealt with. And and I got the opportunity. He was, he was the analyst for the Bobcats when I produced their pregame show, George. For, Dale for Curry? Bob- yeah. Oh, wow. So I, so I got to work with Dell on a daily yeah. basis during the season. I mean, as nice as you might expect and then some. Great show. So it was fantastic. So I'm, so I'm a Steph Curry fan because of Dell. Uh, and, and the flow and the openness of their style is just, I, I think it's a beautiful, beautiful style of basketball to watch. Um, Boston's an intriguing, an intriguing element. Kind of snuck under the radar. I didn't fa- pay a whole lot of attention in the regular season, but you know they do have some incredible young talent. Um, Tatum, obviously, we knew Brown has really stepped up. Tatum has kind of slipped a little bit, still really good. But and then you add in the veterans like Horford, uh, who I, when I hear Horford, I think Hetty. That's that's the style, just Hetty. He's and kind of that. Veteran, but, he's kind of that Robert. Robert Horry. A little bit of that in him, yeah. You know, that, I mean, if he like, gets like a Like George is saying, right place, right time, uh-huh. always in the right spot, always making yeah. the right play. Celtics just, are, are obviously well coached. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we know what, um, you know, what Steve Kerr can do with, with that team. Uh, uh, they've obviously got a players. And it was it was good to see them all back and healthy. You know, Clay Thompson, you talk about back. Uh, Draymond's been there. But you add Poole to the mix, and then the um, what Wiggins has done, really kind of stepping up his game. I, I mean, you can go down the line five or six deep of really understated, really good players on on both teams, and uh, it it is high quality basketball. There's no question. It is it is a good product on on the court right now. There's a guy who has dyed his hair green. 
Oh, and yeah. when people see it, they're immediately goofball. Mm-hmm. Well, I got news for you. Mark is smart. <laughs> Maybe the best defensive player in that league. I think he's one of the pieces of glue that holds them together. It would not shock me if Marcus Smart hit a big shot late mm. somewhere in these next three games that that maybe decides it because I think he's a money player. Just like his hair, George is going a little off color. The defensive guy hits the big shot. He, but he can do I it. I mean, it. he's always – Yeah. I mean, Mo, when you saw him at Oklahoma State, did you ever project him to be this level of pro? Not on the defensive end, certainly. I mean, you knew he could score it, but to this to this degree, no. No, I wouldn't have thought that. I'm a big fan of him, too. I, I love both teams. I love the way they play. Yeah. Uh, you, you brought it up. Golden State's poetry. It is. I mean, they spread the court. They're beautiful to watch. Yes. And then like Boston, a ballet. Yeah, and then Boston gives you lunch pail, <laughs> kind of grind it out. So befitting of the cities that they play in, isn't it? East Coast, West Coast. Yeah, it really is. Two great. I'm waiting for somebody to do the chant, beat L.A. <laughs> beat SF. Um, yeah. And if, you, if you're a Nashville area basketball fan, the only thing missing from this series is James Wiseman. Oh, wow. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, the, the former Ensworth yeah. standout. Um, what, what is his status? He He's... Still recovering from that meniscus tear, and um, is is not a, well won't won't be back obviously. But yeah. um, you know you would love to see him in this environment on this stage and and making an impact for the Warriors because I I think that that entire franchise feels like he is the future. Key, yeah, a key yeah. to what they do. So, is any athlete in any better shape than Steph Curry? That guy runs. He never looks. I mean, I'd be exhausted. I'm exhausted watching him. It's <laughs> unreal. Man, he's good. It's unreal. Eight o'clock tonight, ABC game five. It's tied 2 2. So we are now in a best of three situation between the Celtics and the Warriors. Be sure and check that out. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. George, Mo, appreciate you. You know, I'm just returning the favor. You did this for me at, uh, at uh, what do they call it? At Spring, Spring Fling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's no big deal. I mean, I can always talk. So, um, hey, join us tomorrow here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We will have as our guest host, Andrew Earl Moore. So, I'm sure we'll be talking to The Earl. Yes. The Earl. Uh-huh. Earl. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> we'll also have the voice of the Blue Raiders, Chip Walters, as we do every Tuesday, and a third guest, TBD. Oh, really? To be determined. Oh, look at you. Yeah. TBD. His Rolodex. That's it. He's got them hiding in corners and places we'll never know. It's a Hall of Famer. It is. It is. <laughs> Appreciate y'all joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Be sure and come back tomorrow at two o'clock. We'll have some more fun. See you then.